previously on Wild Endeavors. Another rift opens up beneath your feet, grabbing the three of you and they're sucking you in. A couple of the orcs that were nearby start running towards the other Than. Not really knowing what to do in the situation, seeing this ether kind of coalesce where he is, he would probably hold that missing, that ethereal hand out towards it and try to like focus in on it. And just as you think you can't take any more, you open your eyes and your hand is there. Leandros, you hear Cloud let out a cry of surprise and hurt. You see streams of ether pouring out of her into Than. Then it stops as suddenly as it started and you see Cloud flop to the ground. Her lifeless eyes are just staring straight up into the clouds. Well, friend, we find ourselves in a bit of a dilemma. You see, this world was never meant to stay. So, Fen, how many times do you relive that stretch? In the thousands, for sure. Okay. We don't know what we've been doing here, Leandros. I would agree with that. Being stuck where I was, there's somebody I really care about, and she's in trouble. Okay. And the person that she's in trouble from, I think he's trying to become a, a lich. I'll go with you. And now, an interlude. through the ruined roof and walls of the top floor of Acton Manor. The building has been ravaged by time and disrepair. Amid heaps of rotting, splintered furniture, and the debris of a one-time home exposed to the elements, a pair of shapes appear. They vibrate violently, like a tuning fork casting ghostly duplicate versions of themselves in ever-tightening oscillations. Then, with a loud popping sound, the shapes snap into place and Leandro sits cross-legged on the floor. Than stands about ten feet away among the ruined room. Not far away in the tree line closest to the manor house, maybe a mere two thousand feet away, a figure leans against a tree, watching the tiny dots of the two new arrivals begin to move around the manor. The man appears to be a gaunt-faced human, with chalky white skin stretched tightly over his skull, sharply contrasting the black hair slicked back across his head. He's wearing a thick, rich purple velvet doublet, and around his neck is a ruby the size of a black walnut. Seeing the two elves come fully back into this realm, he begins to laugh. (laughs) It seems the pawn is back in play. Your little time trick was for naught. The gaunt man, Cyric, the mad god, the lord of lies, laughs as another figure walks from deeper in the woods to stand next to him. The newcomer takes a large, broad-rim hat off his head, releasing his reddish-brown curls, and wipes his brow with a handkerchief. I, unlike you, don't need to trick them. He made his choice, though I think it cost him far more dearly than he knows. This man, who often goes by the name Garth, 
puts his hat back on his head and stares intently at Leandros and Fenn in the distance. You know, for someone who has meddled so much in the lives of mortals, you are quick to chastise my involvement with them. That is because I don't meddle. I show them paths and let them choose. Oh, oh of course. How noble of you... Ch what is it you're calling yourself these days? <laughs> that is the problem with you gods. You are so obsessed with names. It amazes me sometimes that mortals don't see you gods for what you really are. Naught but vanities. <laughs> and the problem with your kind is you are so damn arrogant. When I turn this and tear down every one of your precious projects. How smug will you be then? Garth does not appear to rise to the bait. There is silence between the two, as they watch the far-off figures in Acton Manor. Then Garth, looking to the sky, says, Tell me, Cyric, do you still dream? Cyric's response is a snarl. Garth laughs as the mad god vanishes. Garth stays and watches the pair in Acton Manor for a bit longer. Then he turns and walks into the forest, disappearing before he passes the first tree. And now, Chapter 5, Midnight Run. We are rejoining Fenn and Leandros a little while after their return from the ethereal plane. Fenn's quest to find his sister leads them to Arthamore which is currently surrounded by an army. So our odd couple heads north to the village of Hadria to gather information, supplies, and help. Hadria is a small river village. It exists almost solely as a port for Arthmore on the river Hagenia. Hagenia is one of the major trade rivers. It travels, most importantly, from the elven capital of Athelion to the human capital of Prahim. The few people who live in Hadria are artisans, craft folk, and anyone in the business of helping or making money off of travelers. It is here that Than and Leandros hire two humans to help them in their endeavor. We've decided to skip the search for mercenaries and the meeting of these two pairs, so we can jump right into introducing our new characters. My character's name is Hans Gregor. <laughs> I like it. Nice. I mean, if we're going through, like, what the character sheet says, like, the body type is built, so, like, I, I was kind of describing him kind of like as, like, a wannabe, like, Superman, or if you, if you can picture, like, what, like, Hercules looked like in the Disney animation. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. okay. Kind of like that. He has, like, the long, like, flowing hair. I picked, like, eager eyes. He's not going to be wearing necessarily, like, you know, like, that type of armor that Hercules did, but... Right. It would be chainmail and that kind of stuff, but um, but if you were picturing a, a person, it would be kind of like that. He carries like a big ornate sword that's like very sharp and shiny, and I would picture it like if it was like really sunny out, lighting it, you would see it like the sun kind of like glistening off of it. He keeps it very clean. His alignment is good. I think the reason he's taking like this contract essentially is because he's not very rich, but he aspires to be. And this is a way for him to get money. And he also wants to be really famous. You know, if he, there's a way for him to kind of, like, get out of the town and go out on this adventure, he can come back and, like, tell the tales, all the things that he slayed and people that he saved, that it would kind of help these kids. 
I think he's kind of like good and well intentioned. He, just like okay. wants, he wants people to know who he is. Okay, I think the name I'm gonna do is Eliev. Would be Y L E E F. Um, I'm imagining him as sort of like a younger character. Maybe this is like one of his first adventures, so to speak. I picked the thin body type. I want him to kind of be like, maybe kind of look like he's overmatched to fit that kind of naive personality, but then like, but he always kind of comes through in when people need him to. So sort of like maybe people underestimate him. Sure. So I would do like kind of a thinner body type, kind eyes, a helmet, and then um, the holy symbol would be fancy just because he hasn't really had any reason for it to be worn yet. But sort of like he's on the trip because the second he heard Leandro say anything about like defeating evil, he was in no matter what the result was, no matter what the prize was, no matter what he would bring back. So that's kind of like his um, trigger, so to speak. Okay. Uh, sounds like you would be dedicating yourself to a quest, which is one of your starting moves. Okay. So what god does he serve? I like the idea okay. of being kind of like a defender. Okay. So ha- yeah, Helm is the, the god of protection. Quest, I would say... Okay, so slay, like, whatever the evil force in the, this world is. Or, the, like, the, whatever evil Leandros is talking about. Like, you don't have to necessarily know specifically what it is. Yeah. Two moons. Okay. I'll do freedom from hunger, thirst, and sleep, because I think that kind of fits the character mold of, like, his sole focus is this, and he doesn't get distracted by other things. And I'll do divine authority is, like, like leadership, right? It would be a little bit more of you doing Helm's work being a, a beacon of that to, to people around you. Okay. Okay, I'll do that one. Okay. To maintain that, I'm going to give you the vow of truth, which means you are forbidden from telling any lies. <laughs> okay. So if you lie, you lose those boots. Okay. So Than and Leandros, how much of what your plan is have you laid out for these two? where we would have found them, I would just straight up tell them, like, look, we're a couple, couple of elves looking for uh, some Listen, uh, we cell swords we asked around. fighting them. We heard you were tough, and we have uh, a bit of a situation. Wow, somebody and heard this I this situation tough. includes some very well, just, evil You were all things. that was left. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any gold. Apparently this guy has gold. I have tons of gold, better. and I, I throw them both Two big bags of gold. Like, what is what is the expectation? Like, we does he have like when we do this, you get this much, or is it like hey? What do you think, Leandros? Oh, oh, um, I'm gonna pay you half now, half when it's the job's done and all expenses paid. Half of what? Oh, money. Because I uh, came from wealth. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, you gave them a bag of gold. How much gold was in that bag? Uh, 500 apiece. So we have 600 gold now. Okay. Is that rich in this world? <laughs> Should he have given us less? Um, depending on the profession, a skilled laborer could make anywhere from 300 to 600 gold a year. So, depending on what you were doing before you started adventuring, yeah, uh, yes, that's that's a significant amount of money. Okay, so we'll yeah. have six hundred now. And there'll be another. We won't have. There'll to be another bag of that when it's over. Okay. Provided you not. I feel like I'm in. I'm eager to like get out and do something. 
if we're allowed to talk it talk it through, like I've kind of built this guy to be like a like wannabe superhero type. Okay. Like he he's good, he wants nice. to protect people, he has like this shiny sharp sharp like sword. Like it's all about like fighting and like, like that kind of stuff, but I don't feel like I would want to protect you if you're a dick, so <laughs> well, that's, fa- I mean, that's, that's fair. All right, you know what? I think I'm gonna go with Leandros hiring me, since I feel like if my backstory that I created in five seconds is true, like he would have like wanted to hire somebody like me. Is he more interested in the promise of glory than the promise of gold? I think like he's buying in being rich and famous. Okay, uh, Elia, my character mm-hmm. would. Like super idealistic and sort of naive. Okay. Well, I think Leandros, what he would do is he definitely would hire these guys. But what he would do is he would entice them with something like, "I'm hiring a group of fighting men to take on something very evil. You'll get some glory out of it for sure." I'm good with that because, like, then I could say, like, my thing with them would be trying to like put him on the right path, and then my thing with Leandros would just be like a money straight up, like, I want to fight evil of all kinds. Like, as soon as I hear that, like, I'm so naive, even if I'm being tricked, like, I would just be all in for it. So, after Fenn's ordeal, um, we've uh, built some special moves for him. Um, one of them having to deal more specifically with, like, the ether energy that he's starting to be able to make use of. So, we're calling this one the Shadow Forge. Um, it's basically when you attempt to use ether to create an effect for which you do not already have specific power. Mark one shadow point, and we'll come back to that later, and then you'll roll plus whiz. On a 10 plus, you succeed, and you take all of the options from below. On a 7 to 9, you get two of the following options. One, you create the desired effect. Two, you do not need to pay an extra price. Three, you do not draw unwanted attention to yourself. Um, so that extra price is like some of the things I've already asked you, like kind of give up something from then or then's past, or something like that. Right. Okay. So, like, just anything? Essentially, like, if you want to try to do something with Ether, I, like, you can I kind of just tell me what you're thinking, and then we'll kind of figure out could how I that would like work, a, and then we'll roll. Could I do, like, a, like a shadow, like, sword? I don't know. You could try. Um, and so the other one, um, for the, the thousands of years from the time loop, is the move called the Knowledge of the Ancients. And essentially, when you are discerning realities, um, on a 10+, plus, you can choose as one of your questions to use this move instead and get some knowledge that you would not otherwise know about that particular area or the people there or something like that. It's basically what you might have learned from just thousands and thousands of years of life. Nice. And so you had asked me earlier about wanting like to create a mask with the ether. So that would be this new move. So why don't you go ahead and roll that. All right. First roll of the night. <laughs> Ten. So mark a shadow point and describe what kind of mask you're putting on. All right, so it looks kind of like uh, just a plain like mask that covers like just the face and like chin area, and it's very just like Game of Thrones, Sons of the Harpy, or mm-hmm. yeah, kind of like that, yeah. but like all black to kind of blend in with the rest of my clothes. Okay. So Hadra is about a day's ride north of Arthamore. So the reason Fen and Leandros didn't go directly to Arthamore when they returned from the ethereal plane is that the city is in a state of unrest. Um, about a month ago, right about the time that Fen 
was traveling into Acton Manor with his companions, Duke Castagon Allard, one of the wardens of Arthamor, was assassinated. During the unrest that followed, uh, a riot broke out, and a significant portion of the city was burned. In response to that, a legion of Primarchy troops were dispatched to the city to restore order. They arrived about the same time as a small army of forces under Corin Allard, the son of the dead duke, had arrived at the city to claim what Corin believed was his birthright um, as the warden of Arthamore, and to avenge his father's death. So, there are now two armies camped around Arthamore, effectively blockading the city, keeping anyone from leaving or entering. So, before you can enter the city and begin looking for Than's sister, you're going to have to find a way to get into the city. So Hadria does have some resources and some people if you're interested in doing any sort of preparation before you head out for Arthamore. Uh, do I have any gold on me? No, you did not find any of your gold. Sweet. Just going to have to pickpocket everybody in the party. Do you need gold? I can give you some gold. You I'm good right now. Fine. I don't care about gold. No, I'm, I'm okay right now. Thanks. So what do you all want to do? I'm just tagging along. I don't know where we're going. We're going to go to Arthamore. Sure. I think we should stock up on, like, a potion or something like that, just in case. That's what you want to do, yeah. I have a healing potion. I don't have a healing potion. I'd be happy to heal anybody who's damaged. Oh, okay. Ah, he's, a, he's an overachiever over here. I like he's, uh He's worth every penny. Yes, he is. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess if there's, like, I don't know, I guess if there's maybe, like, just a, a healing potion just to be safe is all I would really want. I'm sure you could find a couple potions in town. If you're looking for a healing potion, you are directed to a shop called the Blue Moon. It has tons of orange slices. <laughs> uh, oh, I love those orange slices. The shop is a two-story timber and brick building with a reinforced wooden door. And through the windows, you can see tall, elf-wrought wooden shelves inside. It is a sundry store, so there's a lot of outdoor travel and farming gear, rather than a more apothecary or magical shop type stock. When you enter, you see that near the like the desk where the the shopkeeper is sitting, there is one of those like two part doors, um, like you know, the the top half and bottom half swing. The top half of the door is open. And there's a horse that has its head through, and it is eating from a bucket of oats that are on a chair behind the desk. Also behind the desk is a halfling female, dressed in, like, riding leathers. She's wearing, like, a deer stalker hat, and she is kind of just talking very quietly to the horse when you come in. I'll walk <laughs> over and say, your horse is beautiful. Can I pet it? Oh, oh, of course. Thank you. Uh, please, yes. Daisy loves to be petted. Okay, so I'll just, like, start petting him and sort of, like, be off in my own world, like, staring around in wonderment at everything. <laughs> okay. Smells like a barn in here. Oh, yes. Yeah, the barn is right. It's just on the other side of this wall. Oh. Oh. Lovely. Uh, we came for some potions. Do you have anything like that? Do you know what a potion is? You know, you oh, drink them? Of course I know what potions are. Yes, I, uh, I, have, a, I have a few... Uh, supplies are a little bit short right now, what with the trouble in Arthamore and all. Uh, 
but I do have a couple of healing potions. I assume that's what you're looking for. Absolutely. I get it short like you. <laughs> oh, ho, ho, ho. I've never heard that one before. <laughs> pardon my pardon my friend there, man. <laughs> He's a little on edge. From behind the counter, she brings out two small potions. So, uh, these are the last two that I have. Um, I, I am afraid because of the, the scarcity, and I'm not sure when we might be able to get more. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to ask uh, 100 gold apiece on these. Uh, yeah. That is about twice what they normally cost. I was going to say. Oh. I'm going to look at Thin and go, do you really need these? I suppose not. I'll step in and say, oh, come on, Leandros, you can afford that. You're rich. <laughs> He did God say he was very rich. <laughs> I say that right to the shop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll take them. Okay, mark that down. The potions will heal 10 hit points or remove one debility. Nice. We'll be on our way, I guess. Uh, what was your name again? Irma. Irma Bainfield. Irma. Oh, ah, yes. You are just a hurricane, aren't you? We will see you at another time. You please be well. And uh, I walk out of the shop. You as well. Get it? You like my hurricane joke? Oh. Spelled differently. Tom, Tom, Thomas doesn't get it because he wasn't here. Yeah, Thomas doesn't get it, but we get it. It was very clever. We're all very proud. <laughs> Leaving the shop, I'll just say, like, bye, horsey, and I'll give him, like, one last pet, and then I'll just, like, totally ignore the person and walk out. <laughs> very special paladin we have with us. All right, you've got your potions now. Wow, what would you like to do now? And uh, I guess we well, proceed to Arthur Morn. I don't know about you, Theron, but uh, I'd like to go to Arthur Morn and get this over with. Okay, well, let me uh, just uh, uh, just a weird stipulation. Don't mention my name there. What should we call you? Um, what do you feel you should call me? <laughs> I really don't feel good about not not calling you by your name. Just call me Elf. That's fine. <laughs> How about a little butt? Uh, I'm taller than you, but sure. I think friend is going to have to be what I call you, because we are friends. Friends is a strong word. (laughs) (laughs) Leandros, this is the best we could find. I whispered that to him. They were the cheapest. (laughs) I feel like I pull my sword out, like not even like an angry way, but I like pull it out and hey, did my, you like, see cloth and I like, start polishing it. I'm just gonna go ahead and put my mask on, and that's it. What if we? I just call you the mask. That'll work. That'll work. All right. So you start riding for Arthamore. It's a single day's ride, uh, fairly uneventful, fairly boring, um, over some flat. Uh, plain land until you get uh, within sight of the city. From about half a day away, you can see a column of smoke rising from the city. As you draw within uh, view of the walls, you can see that there's a large swath of the outer walls of the city that has been burned away. There's a cordon of destruction and ashes that leads right up through the walls of the inner city um, and even scorches the outside of the the queen's palace a massive army rings the city banners bearing the silver bull on green of house allard the house of the dead duke 
make up only a small portion uh, of the banners and, and very likely the, the tents you see uh, of the encamped army. The vast majority of the army circling the city is under the gold and silver eagle banner of House Augustalis, the ruling house of the High King of the Primarchy. The forces arrayed around the city are made up mostly of footmen, though there are the occasional patrols of cavalry. A number of archers' nests and, and small uh, temporary towers are being erected around the city, though a few of them have already been put into place. Um, and as you watch, uh, you can see the armies appear to be turning people away at the gates, people who are trying to enter the city, as well as they are turning people away who are trying to leave the city. Uh, this is a, a full-on blockade. So there are at least two armies between you and Arthamore. What would you like to do? Pledge our allegiance to each as we pass by. <laughs> do I see any... Um... Any signs of, uh, like, class symbols that maybe signify, like, a, uh, a way in or, like, an alternate path? Tell me a little bit about what you're doing to look for those. All right, so, um, well, then I think I would uh, keep, I'd keep my eyes, um, maybe, if there's any trees or foliage, maybe, like, up into the canopy and see if there's any symbol up there. Like, anywhere that I maybe would recognize where a class would hide a symbol. Okay. Like out of, out of view of normal normal people like seeing it, yeah, maybe a loose stone on the on, on the ground or something. I don't know. Go ahead and roll plus whiz for discern realities. My strong suit. Seven. Okay, so you get one question. Uh, what here is useful and valuable to me? You're not able to find any carvings or markings or any of the typical uh, class signs that they would leave nor any of this kind of the general thieves camp sort of signs. However, in looking around, like kind of, you know, peeking under the, the rocks and like looking up at the trees and like looking for, you know, th things kind of marked within nature, you do find a small depression, like a dip in the land that it looks like you'll be able to get into that. And because the way the foliage is near and around it, it will keep you fairly hidden uh, or mostly hidden but give you a very good look at the city. Uh, gives you a good like vantage point to, to make some sort of plan if you want. Okay. Um, I say something like, uh, I think let's just go tell them what we're doing. Well, no, 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 you no, know, no. Um, <laughs> like, I understand you are a very truthful person, but that doesn't mean you just have to inform everybody. It's just if they ask you a question, maybe then you have to answer. That makes sense. Let's try to keep a low Could profile. Could I polymorph into something? If you can make the case for how once you are in an animal form that you would be able to cast the requisite spells to unpolymorph yourself, I'll let you do it. Shit. Well, I had an uh, idea. Can I tell you my idea at least? Of course. I'm telling the, the DM right now. Okay. And I'm going to tell the group if you will let me do it. myself into an eagle, fly into the city unpolymorph myself, find an officer in the army, and then charm him, and then basically use him as my new friend to get us into the city. The only thing is you can't polymorph yourself. Uh, otherwise, that would be a good plan. I know. Okay. And, yeah. Okay. Never mind. You can polymorph Hans over here. 
Okay, I don't know how much like I don't know how much mad gaming this is, but like I have a skill, a starting move that says I am the law. When you give an NPC an order based on your divine authority, which that's one of the things I took for the quest, uh, you roll plus charisma, and then if it's a seven plus, you can they either do what you say, back away cautiously, then flee, or attack you. Basically, this is on a seven plus. They choose one of those three things. Yeah, that means that I choose one. Okay. That risks us getting attacked, though. Well, why do we need in there? Yeah, that's my thing. Like, I don't really know why we're what we're heading towards. It's the great evil that we're heading towards. The the thing that we need to defeat. Our first clue and lead in this investigation of tracking down this great evil lies within the city. Okay, so I'll um instead of consulting with the group, I'll say. I mean, how close are we to the like somebody we could talk to? I'm assuming we're kind of hiding. You're a pretty decent distance away, uh, certainly beyond the shouting distance. You're far enough away that, that there would be a, a certain amount of time where you're walking in the open. I have invisibility also. I just realized that. Good I'm going to tell the group, I kind of have an idea, because I can go invisible, try to infiltrate the city, and I'll... Uh, make a friend while in there, and that friend will let us in. Will you be able to charm somebody from both armies? We just gotta get in the gate, right? You tell me. Uh, well, I'll find out when I get in there. <laughs> I think I could charm them. I don't feel good saying this, but what if you used your charm to turn one of the armies against some against the other, created their infighting, created a distraction, we snuck by them? Are they already fighting each other? They are not. They seem, at the very least, to be cooperating with each other. They do not appear to be, like, intermingled. There doesn't seem to be a lot of, like, uh, camaraderie. But they are, like I said, uh, at least cooperating. That gives me an idea, though. I could summon the monster to attack these guys. (laughs) Not an evil monster, though. No, 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 no. Neutral. (laughs) At least neutral. Could Could I do that, Thomas? You want to summon a monster, like, as a distraction? I want to summon a monster to distract the gate guards. Nothing deja vu. <laughs> Can it be like the best a thing I did. monster so like it won't come and attack us? No, it's a real monster. So we'll have to deal with it at some point? A uh, real monster? No. All right. Yes, all real. Oh my god, that's a blast from the past. <laughs> I say summon the monster, and if that doesn't work, you try and charm. Have we tried just asking? Maybe they'll let us through. No, they're definitely turning people around. Have we seen anybody like that hasn't been turned away? No one that you've seen. Okay, I guess we're out of options. Monster it is. Yes, so, my favorite. Okay, so very much like last time you did something like this as a distraction, I assume that you are not just going to be walking into the middle of the field and then summoning the monster in full view of an entire army. No. <laughs> Probably wait till nighttime, I'd say. Okay. So we can get close. Can we do that? You can try. <laughs> That means uh, probably not a good idea. You can get All invisible. Right. Well, do, is... do it invisible. Oh, I could do it invisible. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Didn't you no, say you could turn I do it invisible? invisible. <laughs> yeah, but it'll drop as soon as I cast another spell. Well, the monster will be there, won't it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Do well, we? Still... I think we should still wait until my time, though. Fine. Okay, but I'll go invisible to cast it at least. So just to make sure I understand, the plan is. For Leandros to walk up as, as close as he needs to to, to cast the spell, 
when the monster appears and the two armies start fighting it, the rest of you are just gonna run through the camp and into the city. That's that's the plan. Yes. Well, when you say it like that, you sound so skeptical. <laughs> Should I not? Like, does this sound like like an amazing plan to you? Yes, it does. So it worked last time. Why won't it work it this time? It did work last no, time. I, my um, my understanding is that's the plan, pretty much. Once like a barn owl, twice like a like a brown owl. If things go bad, I feel like we don't have a choice. A I feel like the monster like shows up and we just have to go. I think it's safe to to bet that that'll be a pretty obvious sign. You know, once the once the monster appears, that should be pretty hard to miss. Yeah, it's gonna yeah, be a large. Like a large monster, right? Like towering over these people. I think we have to wait for them yeah. to engage the monster. Like, I would like to prepare by like coalescing the shadow to then like use it if I need to to like shadow walk and all that stuff. Yeah, we'll say that you can prepare it without having to make the roll, and then once you decide like in the moment how exactly you're using it, we'll roll it then. Okay. I'm gonna. What I'm gonna do is when they're, and I'm gonna tell them when they're running in. Um, I'm gonna grab one of them. So don't be alarmed if you feel a grab, uh, because that just means I'm with you, but I'm invisible. Again, just in case. Okay. As you begin to sneak forward toward the encamped armies, give me a defy danger roll to see how well you're doing. Okay. That is. I can do that with Dex, right? Yeah. Uh, that would be an 11. Alright. Yeah, you feel pretty confident that you have not been seen as you approach. Alrighty. There are, of course, the occasional patrols walking by with uh, with torches. The rest of the lights, the, the campfire, some of the, the stationary torches are spaced pretty evenly around the perimeter of the city, so there's not a ton of shadows uh, to kind of sneak through or or around once you get actually like up to the camp itself. Right. And I kind of imagine that you are picking a spot that is as far away from the Archer Towers as possible, so you're kind of in between two of them. Yes. So let's roll your invisibility. Ten. Uh, So yeah, so you're invisible, you should be all set, so... Okay, so tell me what you are trying to summon. And then describe again the beginning of your summoning spell. I would like to I would like to summon a gorgon. Um, so I'm pulling out my spell book because this is obviously a fairly hard spell to cast. When I flip through it, you'll see um, Neandros holding his book out, talking in an ancient arcane language. His eyes start glowing red. That uh, that symbol on his on his forehead starts glowing. It almost looks like a third eye. And then it opens up, and as he says the words, it casts, and boom, like that, it just happens. What does that boom, it just happens, look like? Well, no, actually, let's let's roll, and then we can we can figure out what the boom is going to look like. Okay. Oof, that was such a good roll. That is a 15. Oh, yeah, yeah, that'll do it. So what is the actual Gorgon coming out of? Um, it sounds... It sounds, well, it looks almost like a, because it is at night, it would be, again, hard to see, but it almost looks like a bubble forming, like a, this black, like, ooze of a bubble, and then all of a sudden you hear, like, a loud boom, just appears, I guess. Like the bubble bursts, and it kind of just drops out of that? Yeah. 
I think as soon as that happens, it's obviously pretty hard to miss this Gorgon suddenly just there. And as it lets out a, you know, a roar and begins to charge towards the army, that obviously gathers uh, some more attention to it. Uh, alarm bells start ringing. Some of the patrols that were circling the city begin to kind of rush toward where this Gorgon has appeared. People begin to you know, start popping their heads out of their tents and, or, or those that have been gathered around cook fires and, you know, we're kind of just shooting the shit, um, you know, grab their weapons and start, you know, making ready for battle. I would just like to point out real quick, I chose a Gorgon because it is, one, a large creature, two, it looks scary, but it also has no alignment, so it's neither good nor evil. Oh, well, there you go. Though, to be clear, he doesn't have to kill every evil thing he sees. <laughs> yeah, I'm I didn't. Just, <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. The rest of you from your vantage point see Leandros pop back into existence, the, hear the roar of the Gorgon and it charging into the army, and a bit of chaos kind of erupting on that particular front of the encampment. So what would you like to do now? Uh, well, I'm going to start running in towards the gate. Yeah, I'm just going to try to weave in and out of like tents and just craziness if I can, try to stay in the middle of the, the chaos to not look as out of place kind of thing if I can and if I have to um, take cover if needed I'm kind of running um, is the thing like behind us now like would we be running past it to start off with the Gorgon is going to be closer to the city than you are but there's certainly ways to you know avenues to run around it where you don't have to get too close to it uh, but at this point I'm kind of more interested in like what's kind of the, the overall plan of the you know, kind of the ideal run into the city I would think, like, I'm so kind of, like, frantic by the whole thing, like, this being my first, like, real monster battle experience that I'm kind of just, like, without a plan, so to speak. So kind of just like, like Evan said, just kind of running straight for straight for the gate, but also kind of, like, looking up at the Gorgon every now and then, sort of like in bewilderment. Can I, can I also, if I am, like, weaving through tents and whatnot, can I keep an eye out if there's, like, any sort of cloak? And if there's a cloak of, like, the army... I would like to try to throw it around me to blend in a little bit more on the way out. Sure. Um, we probably should have established this earlier, but are you running toward one of the gates or toward that big section of the wall that is uh, open? I would say part of the wall is missing because it's nighttime and I'm pretty sure they close the gates, having been there. I would kind of be following wherever the other guys go. Okay, then, yeah, good point. I'll run towards the opening in the wall. I didn't think of that either. Okay. Then we are going to go down the line real quick, and I'm going to need defy danger rolls from each of you. Hans, why don't you start us off? Uh, 12? Oh, yeah, you do it beautifully, then. Like, I mean, my goal would be, I'm not necessarily hiding behind tents and stuff, but I did want to, like, try what um, Ben is doing. Like, try to find, like, some sort of... We've already been, like, watching this army for a while, so we know what they look like. Are they, like, humans, or what, what are they? Yes, they're almost entirely human. So that's perfect. So I want to, like, try and get their colors or, like you said, like a cloak or, like, something that I could put on real fast and, okay. like, even, like, pretend. Like, get my sword out and, like, pretend like I'm rallying up the troops, like I'm some sort of leader with them, saying, to your arms, or, like, something like that as I'm, like, running through the, the crowd of, like... I like that. So give me another roll plus your charisma modifier. Ooh. Seven, because my charisma modifier is a minus one. Okay, that is a that is a success, uh, albeit a partial one. 
I'll say that you do spot, um, outside one of the tents, is hanging a, an officer's type cloak. As you're approaching the tent, a soldier steps out from inside. So you can get the cloak, which will help you throughout this sequence and probably later on as well, like inside the city. Uh, but doing so will mean a very likely a confrontation with this soldier. Or you can continue on your way, skip the confrontation, and just not get not get a cloak. I want to like knock him out, <laughs> you know, like and not, uh, and yes. I feel like I like hit him. I don't hit him with like the sword, like to like cut him or anything. Right. Can I hit him like like you know, kind of like a with Absolutely. the butt end of the sword? Yeah, yeah. Uh, give me a defy danger dexterity. Uh, to represent you, like, closing the distance between you two before he can react. A nine. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say that you close in pretty quickly, and even though he is kind of surprised, he is still a, a soldier. He's still a trained fighter. And so you can close in on him and land that blow to knock him out, but because he's ready for it, he'll but at the same time be able to make an attack on you. Or you can, as you're closing in, put yourself in a position where he doesn't get that attack, but it'll mean pulling back on your attack a little bit. So you'll you'll do some damage to him, but not enough to knock him out. Maybe enough to you know weaken him and make knocking him out easier later, but it will prolong the engagement. I want to knock him out. Okay, so as you come in with your pommel like, coming down, uh, like almost like a hammer strike, he pulls a knife from his belt and lunges that upward toward your stomach. I feel like I like sidestep. I feel like I'm trying to. I'm kind of like mid trot, like running at him. As I'm maybe like swinging my hammer or my the, the back of my sword back, I kind of do it all at once. Okay. So like I was already like trying to, to hit him, and I just like keep turning as he tries to stab. Yeah, that makes sense. I would also picture that I did that after I did that. And I tried to swoop out of the way. If I did successfully do that, I would, like, grab it with my second hand and then come down. Yeah, yeah. And uh, because you chose to knock him out, even, you know, as he stabs you, it's, it doesn't stop the, the pommel of your sword from, like, crashing into his head and taking him down. So his attack does 8 uh, minus 3 from your armor. So 5 damage, uh, as he does just get that dagger right up in your gut. But as you're wincing in pain, he's already crumpled on the ground. I feel like for a second I'm like, ah, but I like, I'm a tough guy, so I like grab it for like a second and I like swoop up and and, and grab the cloak and keep running and toss yep. it over myself and continue on. All right, yeah. Between the chaos in the camp and the cloak that you now have, you're able to make it through the rest of the camp without any issue. Directly on the other side of the wall, there are burned ruins and piles of debris and things of that nature uh, kind of all scattered around, so it's pretty easy to find a hiding place as you as you step into the city. Uh, so Hans is all set. So we'll go by the order of your faces and hangouts, so Fen is next. I, what I wanted to do is uh, <laughs> slip through sneakily and grab a cloak on the way if I could and just kind of keep passing through. Grab a coat. There's no time for that. <laughs> a coke or a cloak, whatever. Okay, so give me Defy Danger Dex. Thirteen. Does my evasion count? Absolutely. And I think because you had prepared some of the, the ethereal energy, kind of opening yourself up to that shadow energy, that as you are like ducking and dodging your way through the camp, 
the shadows that you that you move into almost seem to stretch out just a little bit. So you get into the shadow just a little bit faster than you would have. And as you're leaving, it stretches behind you, giving you just sometimes even just a split second longer um, in the shadows. But it does it compounds and, and, and pays off. And, and with that good of a roll, I'll say that you are also able to find a, an officer's cloak on your way through. Oh, nice. So are you just sneaking the whole way through, or once you have this cloak, are you changing your approach? Uh, once I have the cloak, then I'll, 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 I'll sneak, but more of a, like, just blend in with the crowd type of sneak, rather than look suspiciously sneaking. <laughs> it's more of in Then's nature is to kind of blend with the shadows and not be seen type thing, so... Sure. Uh, and so doing that, you're able to make it through without any problem. Um, just so everybody else knows, thieves have uh, an ability called, uh, is it evasion? Yeah, evasion. Basically. When I roll a, a 12 or, or higher for divide danger, I get a better outcome, a true beauty, or a moment of great. So basically on that roll, he was so fucking good at not being seen, it really wouldn't have mattered what else was going on. Okay, uh, Leandros is next. You are visible again. Your Gorgon is fighting with the army. And you are about halfway between the hiding spot and the the blockade around the city. Uh, I would like to cast. Re- I would like to recast invisibility on myself. Okay, roll that. <laughs> uh, thirteen. Great. Yeah, you're invisible again. Copycat. Alrighty. <laughs> so now what? Running through, and I'm also kind of looking for these guys too, just to, just so I can get behind them to make sure that I'm near them if I need to be. You don't see me, <laughs> right? You don't. You don't see that. But um, okay, give me a defy danger dexterity. Uh, this represents, you know, not still moving quietly because you're, you're you're invisible. That doesn't mean you're you're silent. So there's there's still plenty of opportunities to to draw unwanted attention to yourself. Although being invisible, it, it would change things. But let's uh let's just kind of see how you're doing. Okay, it's an eight. Okay, so as you're running through, you're you're trying to keep an eye on the the, the soldiers running around. You're trying to make sure you don't end up in their way. Also, trying to keep an eye out for your fellow blockade runners. So as you're doing all that, you end up running into one of the tent ropes and and tripping over them. So as you hit the ground with a you know a, a thump and, and probably some type of uh, an oof or a grunt, two of the soldiers uh, wearing full plate and with that golden eagle. Uh, emblazoned on it. Uh, look over to see what what had made that sound, and kind of wondering why that tent is now shaking. Seeing nothing be- because you're invisible, uh, they take just one more look and, and then get back on their way toward where the gorgon is. That was close, but it's okay. Nobody saw me trip, though, right? No, they just okay. Okay, they heard somebody go. <laughs> I saw saw an ethereal <laughs> shadow just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so then you're able to make your way through the, the rest of the blockade and, and into the, the burned out section of the city. Oh, to give, right, cool. give Adam and Nick some perspective here, in the main campaign, our group just went to fight Dakin. Our main characters just left for that, and so we're just getting back to Arthur more now, I think. In this timeline, yes, that, that's pretty close. Um, it took about a month for them to travel from Arthamore to Rithrandir. So they have probably, within the, the last day or two, have just you know, fought Dakin and have been sent into the Feywild. Okay, so like, just to give you guys a little perspective timeline-wise, what's going on? 
So yeah, so it's been about a month since the Wayward Sons were in Arthamor, and they let the Duke be killed. So that brings us to Elief. All right. I like that name, by the way. Thank you. It is pretty sweet. It's really just my name spelled backwards. Oh, oh, okay. So I'll, um, like I said, I'm kind of like running, but I'm also trying to like, kind of like looking up at the Gorgon and then back in front of me and up at the Gorgon back in front of me, sort of like in awe of, of him, of it. But so you're just trying to run like just right through. I mean, I'm assuming like it would all kind of be happening at the same time. So I would be following Hans. Yeah, and so I think that like as like as you're running, you see them like you see Than kind of, and some, it's really hard to keep track of Than. But every, every now and then you see him pop up uh, ahead of you, and like you're like, how the hell? How did he get a what? Um, <laughs> you don't see Leandros anywhere, but you, he told you he was going to be invisible. You see Hans um, kind of making his way in between tents, and like you see that guy pop out of the tent and you know stab him in the gut, um, and you see see Hans knock him out. So as all that is happening, yes, you're, you're running through the camp. Uh, so go ahead and give me a Defy Danger dex. Seven plus my dexterity is nothing, so seven. Okay. So I think that as you are watching Hans knock that one soldier out, just that just that moment of, of distraction, you almost run right into a soldier. He is running perpendicular to you, so if, if the two of you were in cars, you are about to T-bone this guy. This near collision alerts him to your presence, and so he stops and turns to face you, and he already had his weapon drawn because he was running to go fight the Gorgon. So what would you like to do? I'm going to show him my my mark of divine authority on my gauntlet and say, you must let me pass. That sounds like your I am the law move. Yes. So roll plus charisma. Okay. You can you can't say it any other way. It's got to be Stallone. All right, thirteen. <laughs> that will definitely do it. So he kind of just stands up a little more straight. He puts a puts a fist to his chest and salute and and says, "In Helm, may we be ever vigilant." And then turns and starts to head towards the Gorgon. I'll say, "Helm be with you." Then I'll keep running. Oh, Helm be with no. you. That was- that was pretty badass. That's dope. Know, uh... <laughs> yeah, that was really badass. I thought I was going to have to run in there and do something. All right, and with that, you are also able to make it past the broken down wall and into the burned out section of the city. Just past the, the threshold of the wall, I think it, it's not very hard for all of you to reunite. Uh, there's not that many people here in this in this part of the city. As, as I said, it, it, it is burned down. The, the, the buildings are in ruins. The ones that have pieces of them still, still standing are heavily damaged, heavily burned. Um, and basically anyone who's around kind of in this area, uh, their attention is on, on the Gorgon. So you are able to, to regroup in the, the shell of a, a burned out building, hiding in, in the shadows of what little is left of this, this corner section of the building. And as you are huddled there, you hear uh, thunder boom in the sky just beyond the city walls. Two big bolts of lightning come crashing down from the clouds and slamming into the area roughly where you think the Gorgon is. And you hear another guttural roar come from the creature. And then things are quiet for a moment. And then you hear a cheer coming from the soldiers outside the city. Look at that, Leandrus. You just gave them experience. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. 
you take a moment to gather yourselves and uh, observe your surroundings, make sure that none of the soldiers from outside the city are, are interested in following you inside. And there, in the shadows of the burnt wreckage of the outer city, you look out across Arthamore, even through the occasional cloud of ashes and smoke from smoldering ruins. It is one of the greatest cities in all of Aria. Arthamore is a monument to human ingenuity. Massive foundries, mills, and artisan enterprises are dwarfed only by the towering universities, observatories, and libraries. Somewhere amid all that splendor is a breadcrumb that will start you on the path to Karanilo. Thank you for joining in our wild endeavors. I'm your GM, Thomas Marsetti, and joining me this time were... Uh, my name's Devin. I play Theron Nilo. My name is Evan. I play the character Leandros. I'm Adam. I play Hans Gregor, and you can find me on Twitter at NPCULater. I'm Nick. I play Eliath Kin. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Wild Endeavors. We'd like to thank Kevin McLeod for the great music, and we hope you join us again next week. Thank you.